You are listening to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast aimed at delivering insights to help your family business thrive. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and each week I'll be bringing you interviews from family businesses and their advisors from all over the world. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. This week we are joined by Joe McSween, who is the Vistage Group Chair and a Women's Enterprise Scotland Ambassador. And this week's show is a special and it uh, is being released on International Women's Day. And we're going to be talking about um, what role um, business and family business can play um, in supporting uh, International Women's Day. So, um, firstly, Joe, hi, and welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Um, th- thank you for, for coming and speaking to us um, about this. I know it's something that you're um, passionate about, um, but, but I also, um, you, you, if people haven't guessed from the, the surname, um, <laughs> you, you were part of a, a family business as well. Yes, I'm the former MD of Maxwin Haggis, third generation family business. So I, I do understand what it's like to be part of, of, a, of a family business as well. So that another hat I wear in this yes. interview. Fantastic. Um, so I guess the, the starting point for, for today's show is perhaps to, to give us a bit more information about how you've been coming or how you've um, come to do what you're doing today, um, mm. sort of via the family business, if that's okay. Yes. Um, so my my involvement with Vistage um, started uh, nearly eight years ago now, actually. And like a lot of leaders, I had more questions than I had answers to. So I had three key questions in my life um, back in 2010. And they were, how do I grow myself as a leader to be the best version of myself? How do I grow the business, especially in a rapidly changing world? And how do I start thinking about exiting that family business, which seemed like a a really difficult question for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so a group chair uh, crossed my path at the time of my life when I I had um, these questions. And I became part of of a Vistage group, which is all about um, leaders in a peer group, a very Mm -hmm. confidential, safe setting, supporting one another to make them more effective leaders and enhance their lives. And I have to say, over the course of the seven years I was a member of that group, I got I got those questions answered. I achieved them all. I, I achieved them earlier and better than I could have imagined. Wow. I've, made, I've made lifelong friends. I found a safe place to talk about the most personal aspects of running a family business. You know, it's a very difficult thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and I was so inspired by how it had changed my life um, that when I ha- had made the decision and had completed exiting the family business, it seemed like the logical thing to go and set up my own Vistage peer group. So that's what I did. And now my group's up and running in central Scotland and I now am chairing it. So I've gone full circle. Yeah. And it's really interesting that, that you mentioned that the, the, the Vistage group gave you um, the environment to be able to talk um, yeah. in, in kind of a, a safe space, if you like. Yeah. Um, and we often hear that um, 
some of the challenges with it within the family business are there because there isn't that environment within the business. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, and I guess it's a challenge to, to try and create that in the business. Uh, and mm. sometimes it's, mm. it's not the right place to create it and something like this could help. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think sometimes you need a place where you can go and have a pre-discussion about a really difficult subject, especially during succession planning, especially around exit, because what you mean to say about a topic isn't necessarily what someone hears. So you, you might want to broach the subject and then all sorts of alarm bells go off in the minds of your father, mother, brother, you know, whatever. And it and you think, oh no, I just wanted to, you know, start a conversation, not not yeah. not start an argument or or you know so the great thing about having the peer group was that I could say, look, I'm I'm thinking about starting a conversation about this. You know, can I rehearse it? Uh-huh. Um what what do you think might come up? Um so you could you could do sort of a dry run. Um you could anticipate um, things that you had complete blind spots on, and uh-huh. uh, and then and because communication, I think, is is one of the key skills that family businesses, in particular, need to really sharpen up on. Yeah. It is not it is not a natural innate thing. Um, it does require learnt skill, and you have to keep practicing um, yeah. the whole time. You know, because as I say, what, one of the key things I learned was what you say is not necessarily what someone is absolutely and And then you can't necessarily um as you say going into that um environment without having had somebody to sort of bounce that conversation off Mm. you you might not necessarily um anticipate the response you then get and it kind of puts you on the back foot if you've gone in to to try and have a positive Mm. conversation and all of a sudden it's been Mm. received differently um yeah yeah, and and the other great thing about being in a Vistage group is you get perspectives from non-family business as well. Mm. Um, you know, I did have other family companies in the room with me, so they they could say things like, "Well, I, I had a similar situation when I spoke to my father," or you have the father generation or mother generation saying, "Right, well, the reason why I would be upset about that conversation would be X." Yeah. Um, so having having that non-family perspective. Uh, was also helpful just to sort of take the emotion out of it. What would the business, you know, perspective uh-huh. on it be? Take the family dynamics out. Now, is that the right decision, the right conversation in context of your customers? And you go, oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> um, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because we <clears throat> we hear so many times that family businesses are unique and they, they have these challenges because you're working with your family. Mm. Um, and therefore you, you have to speak to people who can relate to that and, and empathize and understand that there's these different sort of systems in play. But, mm-hmm. but ac- actually you're saying it was beneficial f- for that element to be removed entirely. So you could focus on a business decision. Sometimes, sometimes it was, I, th- I think all companies have, um, you know, that emotional dynamic to deal with. It's just that they don't happen to be related to to them. Yeah. And I and I think that, you know, family businesses have a lot to teach non-family companies. You know, family companies tend to be focused on a much longer time scale. Yeah. Um, they have many qualities that um, certainly in my Vistage group, you know, people would lean in and go, hmm, we could do with a bit of that. Um, so le- learning in both directions, 
um, I, I think, was a, was a, a key benefit of, yeah. of, of being part of that peer group. So in your group at the moment, uh, as, as chair, what, what does your role involve? Do, do you, is it simply chairing the meetings? Is it um, yeah, helping well, it, in a broader it, way? Yeah, it's, a, it's multifaceted because we meet once a month for a full day. My role in that meeting is to facilitate. It's, uh-huh. it's to help enable everybody in the room to, to learn, to share. Um, we sometimes have speakers in, you know, six to eight meetings of the year we have speakers who are really at the cutting edge of of their field whether mm-hmm. it's social media i mean yesterday we did a you know one page business plan um that everybody got so much out of that and how could they cascade that right the way through their organization so that everybody is more effective by at least 15 to 20 percent you know can okay. you imagine Everyone yeah. in your company, 20% more effective. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and um, in the afternoon, um, most people will be bringing questions, opportunities, challenges. But we've got all sorts of tools and techniques we can use to help um, the other members in the group lean in, listen, ask questions, to help that member see their question or opportunity differently, uh-huh. get more clarity on it, get some answers and and then take it forward to the next month where the group will say so how did you get on with that so there's a very high degree of accountability um which a lot of leaders really like because they go you know i can get away with not not really doing anything on this i can just (laughs) you know if i'm being honest i can kick it into the long grass yeah um but they don't want to uh they 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 want to be the best version of themselves they can be and it's an isolating job um, being a leader and what's great about having this very safe trusted space you know they can share things that are highly sensitive commercially emotionally you know people bring personal and business things right. and um, you know they they go away thinking right I've broken the back of that I know what I need to do now and in between the meetings they can reach out to members of the group and, and say you know could do another five minutes mm-hmm. um they also get a two-hour one-to-one with me the, the chair to work on stuff um that you know maybe isn't so appropriate for the group meeting or mm-hmm. um will help them bring something to the group um around that the, um we have open days where the wider vistage community can meet and around the world there are twenty-three thousand vistage members that you wow. can you can connect to and many of them are family businesses in fact online you can sign into something called the family business network um, you can then ask for advice as i did when i was md of maxween and say you know i'm thinking about getting a non-family advisor what advice do you have for me so uh-huh. i could i could pose questions way beyond my normal network and got about 23 answers back within 20 wow. within 20 minutes going hey joe you don't know me i i, I you know uh, i was really quite overwhelmed by the by the love i have to say the love and support of the of the vistage community yeah and especially if the community creates that safe environment where, where mm. there's no judgment there's no um as you said there's quite high levels of accountability and one of the things yeah. we come across with business leaders is, is who are they accountable to if, if they are yes. the, either the head of the business or, or head of the family. Um, so mm. so it, it sounds as if it's a, a sort of a perfect combination. 
Yeah, and co- I mean, confidentiality is absolutely vital. Trust mm. is, is one of the key values of being in a Vistage group. It is for high-integrity leaders. It, as I say to people, you know, the kind of people who join Vistage are legacy footprinters. They they care about more than the bottom line of their company. They mm. care about their communities. They care about um, their people. They care about the environment. They they care about what they're leaving behind. In, in 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 the same way that I think a lot of family companies, family leaders think about their leadership as a stewardship. Mm. Uh, I would say that that is very much the mindset of many many Vistage members, and um, yeah. They, they want to make the world a better place. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and, and so we mentioned it in the introduction, you have a, a, another role as well where you're um, a, a Women's Enterprise uh, Scotland ambassador. Uh, and That's this, this podcast is, uh, is going out on International Women's Day. Um, so mm-hmm. but perhaps you could explain a little, a little bit about what your role as uh, ambassador is for, and then we, we can get into what International Women's Day is and, and how our audience can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Well, visibility of women who are already leading businesses and being entrepreneurs is, is really important. Um, and so a lot of my role as an ambassador is about doing what I do anyway, um, which is, you know, being out there and talking about how great it is to, to be a leader um, and being a role model for, for other women of all ages um, to, to, to speak to, to talk to, to lean on for support, if that helps. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of it is, is about that, that visibility it's it's also about um, championing the kind of things that need to change in in order for more women to lead businesses and what are the very clear economic benefits of that happening uh-huh. so for example um, currently in Scotland um, despite the fact there are you know more than half the population are female yeah. just just twenty percent of SMEs in Scotland are majority owned by women wow. and if if women started businesses at the same rate as men this would contribute an additional minimum minimum contribution of 7.6 billion pounds to the Scot- to the scottish economy it's incredible isn't it yeah now that's just scotland if we if we then look at look at this situation globally and, th- and this is based on you know the mckinsey global institute um, report on gender parity. You know, when you look at look at the impact of of this globally, um, you know, it runs into the trillions. Mm. And um, and and the the knockdown effect, the ripple effect of women having more economic empowerment is that they tend to reinvest in their families, reinvest in educational opportunities, which in turn brings up the next generation to greater economic. Um, wealth and stability so you know it's it it matters it matters really really um a lot absolutely and i think the 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 obvious question for me at this point is is, do you think there's a reason why uh, women don't seem to be starting businesses at the same rate as men Mm. is there anything behind that yeah, there there is some. There's a lot of research being done, and um, so there are some key themes that are emerging. 
Um, so some of it is that uh, women unfortunately still face discrimination. Mm -hmm. um, some of it, I I think, is is unconscious bias, and so that you know that in itself poses a ch a challenge to people. Um, how can you help people be aware of something that they themselves are not conscious of? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's still not uncommon for for women to be mistaken as a note taker in in a meeting rather yeah. than you know rather than the woman who may actually be the business owner. Yeah. Um, women, I think, have faced more issues getting funding support and and financial you know investment. Uh -huh. So it's, it's building that credibility. They themselves would say that um, from surveys that have been done, that where they have felt at a disadvantage is that they simply don't have sometimes the support networks they need and contacts they need uh -huh. to get, get as, um, ex the acceleration at certain points of starting up a business. Okay. Um, and just that, you know, sometimes when they're maybe going for um, awards, um, and I mean financial awards, um, you might find that they are confronted with an all-male panel. Mm. Now, you know, that's not to say that that male panel will discriminate, but, it, you know, it, 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 it would be better if there was better uh, representation on panels like that, yeah. um, I think. So there are, and I think there are other things themselves that women um, could do. Um, I think if there's more visibility of, of women out there, you know, when I grew up, there was, there was really only one major prominent female leader, and, and that was Margaret, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Um, you know, and as a, as a child, I, I picked up, I, not, not consciously, but subconsciously, that the, the way to manage her male cabinet was to emasculate them uh -huh. and to, to get voice coaching to lower your voice so you sounded more like a man yourself. Okay. You know, so that, that was kind of my female leadership role model. Yeah. If you like. Um, and now, of course, there's, there's far more than, than that. And I have learned, and this is where Vistage has been great for me, that my particular style of leadership is perfectly okay and an emotionally intelligent approach is mm -hmm. perfectly okay, but you don't need to lower your voice. Um, mm. You don't need to emasculate men to get on, you know. Or drink pints um, or whatever the, the, exactly. <laughs> you know, the stereotype is. Yeah, um, but, you know, there, there was a complete lack of, of role models for me. And I, mm. I'm growing up in the meat industry in particular, and when I first joined the family business, I'd go to you know, evening networking events, and I really would be almost the only woman there. Wow. Um, so you know, I, I thought, well, I'll play that to my advantage. People will remember meeting me. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think women themselves need to take responsibility for getting the support and training they need. Um, you know, there's, there's much more out there than there ever used to be. So whether it's, you know, women-specific leadership courses, um, getting a mentor, um, as as uh, Cheryl Sandberg would say in her wonderful book, Lean In, you know, lean in, be present at the table uh -huh. um, and um, take responsibility for, for, for what you can actually um, change in your own thinking as well. So, as I say, lo lots of reasons. Um, I think also greater flexible working um, would help and uh -huh. 
uh, parity of maternal and paternal leave because uh -huh. um, I think there's still an expectation um, and a reality that a lot of women do um, too much of the caring. Uh -huh. um, now, that's, uh, that may well be a choice they wish to make, um, but I do think a lot of men would like to do more of the caring. And, yeah. I, and I think there are very real barriers to them doing that. Some is that they simply won't get paid for it if they take paternity leave. They face, mm -hmm. they face discrimination if they want to use their paternal rights. Um, and I think women need to let them step in a little bit more um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and own that, own that space um, in family life as yeah. well. So, And I think you, you touched on a, a really important point where as you say when you were growing up there was very few um role models fit for you to kind of aspire to be like and it's almost a catch-22 in that you need more role models to to show the possibilities but but that doesn't necessarily happen unless there are role models in their, their own lives so uh, i guess what we're seeing now is perhaps um some of the um effects of that having a, a of us seeing far more female um, business leaders, far more um, in inspirational female uh, leaders in general, mm. is hopefully going to have a positive effect on the next generation saying, mm. actually, mm. It, it, if someone who, who's come from my background is able to, to achieve that, then mm. I can as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that's why it's important for for women to do things like podcasts. It's important for women to get confident about public speaking, um, to be present on social media, yeah. just, you know, be present in a, in a way that you are most comfortable with. And, and if you're not comfortable, then get the skills to become more comfortable. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, as um, Marianne Williamson would say, you know, shine your own light uh -huh. um, because it helps others shine theirs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've had some uh, fantastic guests on uh, the podcast um, so far uh, and, and more lined up who are uh, inspirational um, female business leaders as well. So, so hopefully, um, as you say, the, the message is getting out there that uh, it is um, doable, it is possible. And mm -hmm. you, you mentioned about the, the sort of subconscious um, biases that, that people aren't necessarily deliberately mm. um discriminating against women but, mm. but but i guess one of the things when that might highlight that example is obviously the laws are being changed to, to try and alleviate um, mm. any mm. kind of gender disparity mm. but, but if a, a man and a woman are going for the same job that employer and it, this isn't a, a male thing i don't think i think it is an employer uh, whether they're male mm. or female might be sat there going but what if she decides to have a family mm. and it's not something that they would necessarily automatically think of if the chap's sat in front of them mm. whereas what, what we're saying is it should that shouldn't come into it yeah well i think that's why you know slowly slowly laws have been changing i don't just mean discrimination law i mean that increasingly now when a man or a woman sits down for an interview um hopefully uh the employer won't be thinking that but mm. even if they are um if men have the same um paternity leave as maternity leave, if you see what I mean, yep. then, um, you know, they could just as likely lose, in inverted commas, the man for a period of time 
yes. because of of his children's um, needs. Mm. Um, I also think that you know, children aside, I think flexible working and helping people lead the most fulfilled lives that they they can. You know, after all, work is only a part of your life. You know, yes. if an employer if an employer takes a very holistic approach to um, to that and makes it as easy as possible for someone to to want to work for them as long as they're delivering the outcome that the business needs. And I, I think, you know, do they really need to be at work yeah. from nine to five, chained to a desk? Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if, there's, if there's one thing that um, is hugely prevalent in the business community at the moment, um, it's, it's talent. Um, how am I going to keep it? How am I going to retain mm-hmm. it? Um, how am I going to get talent of the future? And I, and I think the clever companies are thinking about this, about how they can be sticky, um, how they can um, really make their place of work um, fabulous in every in every meaning of the word, Absolutely. not just the, the environment, but in terms of do they really deeply, deeply care for their people uh-huh. and, and what they need out of their whole life? Because, you know, increasingly as well, people are having to not just care for children, but care for their parents. Uh-huh. So, it, you know, people between 35 and up are often sandwiched with children and elderly parents. Yeah. So. And technology helps as well, doesn't it? I mean, we're in an age now where you can pretty much work for, I know there are certain restrictions to that. You, you mm. can necessarily construct a ship uh, anywhere you, you mm. were. Um, mm. but, but in terms of um, the technology that's available to us, we, we can do an awful mm. lot more from the places mm. where we prefer to be rather than, like you say, chained to a desk. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I and I think I think okay, if you are making a, a ship or you are um, making a haggis, you know, <laughs> to yeah. use my my background, I think technology can can help your workforce be flexible because, you know, how much do employee employers really empower staff to take to take responsibility and be self managed? Mm-hmm. So let's say you know someone. Often the reason people can't attend work is because their relative isn't well, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much them, it's the people they feel responsible for. And so how many employers actually let the staff sort that problem out themselves, you know, and phone up another member of the team and say, look, could you cover my shift and I'll swap with you. And you don't have to go through HR or the manager because actually you, your, your staff are perfectly trustworthy people that manage their own lives, manage a home, you know they're they're um they're they're already domestic engineers in their own in their own right and run their yeah. own family business. So why do employers not trust them to to run their own lives at work? Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. Completely agree. Fantastic. Um, so th- this year's campaign theme is um, hashtag Press for Progress. Um, which obviously we will be tweeting about and, and uh, be, be hashtagging all over the place. Um, but what are the key areas that the, the campaign is looking to focus on and, and, and help us to change? Mm-hmm. Um, great. Well, I think, as I, as I alluded to earlier, I, I think greater awareness of the economic benefits that gender balance and parity can, can bring. Um, um, at the current rate of progress, gender parity is 217 years away. Wow. I don't know about you, but that is far too long. Uh, yes. it, and unfortunately, 
um, the the global gap has widened for the first time since since these figures were collated in 2006. Um, that is a very worrying turn um, to take at this stage. Yeah. Um, and this is looking at four key areas: health, education, economics, and politics. Now, I'm I'm uh, upset to report that the UK doesn't even feature in the top ten. It's incredible. Yeah. So you know, it's I ridiculous, think, really, isn't it? Yeah. And and for me, International Women's Day belongs to all of us. It's it's good for all. It belongs to the collective efforts of all who care about human rights. Uh-huh. Um, because if if you have that um, that parity, then it brings benefits to the next generation, regardless of gender. Um, yeah. You know, as as it's well it's well researched. So there is a, a a moral aspect to this as well. You know, it's morally the right thing to do, but it's also it just makes economic sense Um, and creates particularly environments where innovation can thrive. You know, if you get more diversity on, on teams creatively, if you get more diversity of thinking, so this isn't just about gender, but greater diversity of thinking on boards, then that is well researched now, uh, Mm -hmm. documented to creating much more effective boards. And then that then trickles down, into the company and um, creates a more effective and profitable uh, business. Mm. So it's just common sense, really. Yeah. And I think we've mentioned it in a previous podcast, actually, around, uh, um, around that the, the more female involvement there is at senior level within, and yeah. I think this is family business, but it may be business in general, uh, as mm. you've alluded to, the, the level of conflict goes down because mm. that there's perhaps an alternative view or, or a different view. It's not sort of mm-hmm. grey men in grey suits sat around a, a boardroom mm. table making decisions. So mm-hmm. the, the economic benefits are huge, but the, the socio-emotional benefits are also um, yeah. huge. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a fair point. I would say, though, that um, emotional intelligence is not a badge solely worn by, by mm. women. Um, yep. I, I have many, many people in my network who are not female and are highly emotionally intelligent. And, uh-huh. and I've met some unemotionally un- intelligent women, um, yeah. you know. But um, so I think that's why it's important to think about this uh, diversity of of thinking and the other the other point is that i think more women leaders hire more women uh, right in the organization because you need to think about the whole flow of of leadership and representation throughout the company Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah great Uh, and how can our audience get more involved in international women's day yeah well there's there's two two main strands, I think. I mean, first of all, obviously, there is the, the main campaign, um, um, Press for Progress. You can go in and make, make a commitment yourself. Um, I have, for example, committed to maintain a gender parity mindset. Okay. Um, so you can, you can go in and, and choose a, one, one particular focus and last time I looked on the website, um, 133,000 people have made that commitment. Now we're not we're not even at 
International Women's Day today. So I hope that with all the um, publicity that will be generated on the day that this is uh, being broadcast, that that will reach 133 million or something incredible because then then you're really pushing that flywheel. And, and, um, you know, if if those people tell 10 people in their network about Uh that, then you're really starting to um, shift. So that that would be one thing. The other is obviously join the Women's Enterprise Scotland social media campaign. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll we'll be encouraging women to tweet their hopes for change um, using the hashtag hope for 2018. And so there's there's activity um, up here in Scotland as well. Fantastic. And I think one of the key things, uh, and th- this is where, um, cause it's, so International Women's Day is, is an annual thing. It's, it's not, and this isn't yeah. the, the first one. So so it's something that, that um, hopefully will, will continue to gain um, the exposure that it deserves. Um, mm. but, but in terms of what we've been seeing in the statistics where that gender parity gap is widening, mm. it, it, it does go to show that the responsibility really lies with with us, it's not someone else's problem. Mm. It, it is very mm-hmm. much all yeah. our own problem. We we need to own it and, and yeah. to do what we can to, yeah. to support and, that. And that, yeah, and that includes um, you know business leaders. It includes the women themselves. You mm. know, I mean, one of the things that is talked about is, and it's very current at the moment. Um, you know, the pay gap. Yeah. So yes, it is shocking that it's there. Um, that is the brutal the brutal truth we have to confront. Um, and I and I feel that employers should, you know, jolly well get on and sort it. Um, mm-hmm. But I also feel, right, woman, what are you doing to negotiate, to um, to raise this with the with the people that um, you work with and and get the negotiation skills you need to um, to get what pay you should be guessing. So when you go for a job interview, um, prepare um, and 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 make sure that you really you really are um, able to, to negotiate a, a proper pay deal for yourself. Absolutely. Um, I think there is there is that element of it as well. I agree um, completely. Um, so if you were to give some advice to a a female entrepreneur who's considering starting her own business Mm. what advice from the lessons you've learned through your own experiences what what advice would you give to her yeah well i think the really important thing is to get your circle of support um now that could start first of all if you have a partner in your life Mm -hmm. then um start there make sure that there is um, the correct balance of sharing of the domestic load, whether that is literally um, cleaning the house, um, looking after the children, looking after the elderly relatives, all of that. You know, are you really, um, have you really got equality even in that domain, first of all? Uh-huh. And have you got this, the full support of your partner to, to embark on this? Um, so get, get that sorted. Um, then I, I think it's really important to visualize your future. You know, I think it's Walt Disney who said, if you can dream it, you can do it. 
Uh-huh. Um, um, I, I prefer the if you can um, to first uh, drink champagne, you first have to think it. Uh-huh. Um, so I think if you get really clear about what am I trying to achieve here, because there will be lots of days where that seems like a daft idea or you, you've got low moments of resilience. But if you can keep coming back to your vision and your why, then that will set you on a course that, oh, you know, today is just a bit of turbulence on the mm-hmm. path to what I really want. Um, I think as well, choose people in your network um, to share your idea, particularly at the early stages when it might all feel quite fragile. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, get that support from, from people to um, a safe place, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe consider if you, if you don't have a great network um, or you are concerned about some of your, your business skills, then, you know, there, there are lots of courses out there that can help. So, for example, if, if you are in, in Scotland, then WES organizes um, women's leadership courses. You could be uh-huh. paired with, with a mentor. Um, I, I mentor um, a woman who runs um, a, a company that, um, you know, I'm, I'm very confident will grow um, a lot in, in the uh-huh. coming years. But she just has really enjoyed having somebody who has led and grown a company bigger than hers at the moment to have someone to check in with and... Uh-huh. Um, she said, oh, I just, you know, I feel more confident about what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, so I would say those, those are the, the things that come to the top of my mind at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. And, and the visualizing what, what you want success to look like is important mm. because, as you say, those days where nothing goes right and, mm. you know, you, you might not be hitting your whatever sales target or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to get to to justify the business being in existence. You, you need mm. that inspiration in those um, times mm. of darkness to, to really yeah. pull you through. Yeah, um, you, you, you need a lot of resilience um, to do this, which is why yeah. you need that support um, from the outset mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, that, that real belief that uh, what you're aiming for yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. The the the, the other side of that, you, you mentioned you're a, a mentor. If mm. if our audience are listening to this, and, and I know that we've interviewed some, some um, sort of inspiration, very inspirational female business leaders. Mm. If they want to get more involved in mentoring, mm-hmm. what are the benefits to to them as well? Because I've done a little bit of mentoring in the past, mm. and and I get a huge amount from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's not it's not just you're you're helping somebody else, but it can be very beneficial to yourself oh, as well. I I agree. Um, I I have been a, both the the giver and the taker as well. And um, when I was receiving mentoring, um, this was in my much earlier days at Maxween. We were mentored by a big a big food company, and we needed support for especially te- technical um, side of our business. And I asked the guy, he was sort of very senior within the company. I said, why do you love coming here? You know, it's a day out of your life. And he said, you know what I love about coming here is you really appreciate what I do. And he said, um, he said when we talk about an idea, um, he said, by the time I've left, you guys have almost implemented it. 
There's no right. hanging about or, oh, we better put that through the board or, um, yeah. you know, we'll think about it and maybe we'll do it. He said, you know, right away, I see progress and you just lap it up. And he said that that in turn really energizes me and yeah. makes me think, why do I accept the pace of change in my own organization? Why don't mm-hmm. we move faster? These guys do. Why can't I? You know, I, I am better resourced than they are, and yet they make, they make things happen quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, we actually, in an in a, in a unexpected way, challenged and energized him. Um, yes, he wasn't expecting that. No, no I can imagine. <laughs> and I think that that's an important part of it, is to understand that there's, there's as much you can learn as there is to, to educate others or, or support others. Um, you, yeah. you also learn an awful lot. Well, I think in today's business environment, whereas before, even in my early years in business in the 1990s, you did traditionally look to the more senior person mm-hmm. who, who kind of knew how to do it all. Now, actually, this is why I believe so much in, in diversity within my own peer group. Um, I want people drawn from every stage of their career, every sector I can think of. Um, because, you know, if you think about some of the most successful entrepreneurs today, um, they are teenagers almost. Um, and, yeah. you know, they, they don't see constraints. They don't, no. have, they don't have business miles on the clock. They just have an idea and, and make it happen. Yeah. Um, and um, so I think, you know, we've got to cast aside that way of thinking. There is room for both. Yes, mm. yes, it's great sometimes to speak to someone who's further down the business runway than you, who's got more um, mileage in terms of um, experiences. Um, but the person that has got those more miles on the clock really needs to spend time around the, uh, the the newer entrepreneur to make sure they don't get left behind. Um, yeah. 100% we need, agree. Yeah, we need all, all perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it's a better outcome for everybody. Yeah. Um, can we go a, a little bit um, sort of to talk about your role or, or your previous role with the, <laughs> the McSween family business? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you mentioned that you... Um, you transitioned the, the business from, from second to third generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the statistics, if you believe the statistics or not, um, but the statistics show that it's um, fewer and fewer family firms are, are making that um, mm. transition to, to second to third generation. Mm. What, ex- what lessons were, were you able to share mm. from mm-hmm. your experience? Mm. I remember... Um, someone telling me that a, a successful transition will take a decade. Mm. And, and I scoffed and went, no. But, <laughs> you know, um, it, it did. It did really take 10 years um, from the early, early indications that, that we had that we needed to actually think about this to really properly handing over and my, my father in particular um, not coming to work every day, and my brother and I being fully responsible for the day-to-day running did take a decade. Um, right. I think, so don't underestimate the time, uh-huh. because, uh, you know, the, the business and the family will always be pushing 
urgent things your way. You know, that is that is life. That is what we call life. Uh-huh. And so it's very easy to just let the succession stuff, the succession to-do list go down the list. And you push it onto the back burner. And then before you know, another year has gone by. And the senior generation are still talking about, in inverted commas, retiring in two years' time. And, yeah. and that's because the two years just keeps getting carried over. No one sets a date. No one, you know, no one puts markers down. So um, we were fortunate that back in the 90s, the Glasgow Caledonia University did a fabulous program um, and it was it was aimed at family businesses, particularly who were going through succession. Um, we met multi generational families. We had brilliant speakers, um, and it raised our awareness that this was something we actively needed to work on. Mm. Get get professional support, and 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 devote the time. And devote the time meant weekends actually. Um, You know, we went away on retreat. We talked about really difficult subjects like money, death, inheritance. um, What if, what if, what if? Um, You know, as as one great speaker said at one of the sessions, you've got to keep practicing dying till you get it right. (laughs) Um, You know, and and one day my father did come into work and he said, I'm dead. And And then left. And, you know, and then you were kind of thinking, what do I, what do I need to know if that's really true? Yeah. And my God, it sharpened our act about, well, we better get our head around this, this and this, because mm-hmm. what if that happened? Yeah. Um, so I think it, it was a very big investment of, of time and yes, money. And I, I think the, prof- the professional support we got was really good. And we were very fortunate to be part of that program because it gave us access, a bit like a Vistage group, to a network of families who were, you know, willing to share in a very confidential space again. And so we learned how not to do it. We learned how to do it um, as well. And their sharing was incredibly generous. Um, Yeah. Uh, and are you still involved in in the family business today? Uh, not in the day to day stuff. I don't expect. But. No, no. Well, that was that was a decision that I had to work through. Obviously, again, in, in my Vistage group, was you know what what is going to be the best um, relationship to have? Um, you know, when when you've been when you've grown up in a family business from you know it's part of you. It's mm. it's it's like cutting off your arm. And, um, and there's a huge emotional attachment that will never go. You'll always, you'll always care. Um, but I looked at all the options. My Vistage group helped me with that. And I thought, you know, if I'm really going to move forward with all the other things I want to do with my life, then I think the best thing for me is to have a, an absolutely clean break and, and also to allow my brother who, who now runs the company himself, um, to take the business forward in the way that he wants without me sitting on the board, um, you know, giving my, my tuppence worth um, yeah. and, and so on. So it was a really difficult decision. Um, um, but I, I, think, I think now, especially now I've, I've been 
formally and legally out the business for well over a year now, I think it, it was the right decision. Mm. Um, and it forces you to make, make a success of what, you, yeah. what you're going on to do next, however, uh, however terrifying that is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that's one of the, uh, the other key messages that, that um, we'd like to get across is that it, it, there is life outside of the family business if the family yeah. business isn't what you think mm-hmm. will fulfil you. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be um, done through animosity. It can, it can all be done with everyone's mm-hmm. blessing, handled mm-hmm. well. And, and mm-hmm. um, as you say, you're an example of someone that, that has done it successfully. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's hard to see that when you're in the family business because I do remember being challenged on this. You know, during the whole succession process, we worked with a particular advisor, and she said, "So what else would you do if you weren't in the family business?" Mm-hmm. I did I did find that a very difficult question to answer at that stage in my life, and I panicked and I, I couldn't really visualize anything um, okay. uh, back then. I think it was over a period of time, I let that question sit with me and sit with me and sit with me. And it takes a long time sometimes. Mm. And sometimes you have to, you know, as they say, feel the fear and do it anyway. So um, trust that your skills and your talents will come with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but it, but it is, a, I think it would be useful to, to share that it, it has been a grief there has been a lot of grief in leaving. I mean, it would mm. be it would be um, dishonest of me to say it's not been without emotion. So I think I was glad to have the emotional support of my Vistage chair who helped uh-huh. me see that, you know, that you need to mourn for this. You, It's been a huge part of your life, a huge part of your identity. Yeah. And I think him helping name it really helped me come to terms with it and work through that grief mm. and and then through that grief then come to a new place of of a, of a, a new identity yeah. um with with all the legacy and and um pride that comes with having been in a family business to support you and mm. uh that that experience uh, is very useful now you know i two two people in my vistage group are family businesses one uh-huh. one the senior exiting and one just taken over from um from her mother and um so yeah i i kind of bring bring a depth of understanding mm. that maybe you wouldn't have if you hadn't been through that experience yeah, yeah. and i think the emotional side of it is such a key aspect because a lot of things can look like they make sense on paper and are, are mm. extremely logical, but, mm. but as soon as you throw emotion in it, it becomes mm. an entirely different prospect. Yeah, and and again, I think it's not spoken about very much in the same mm. way that family companies don't tend to speak a lot about the the challenges and emotion around succession planning. Yeah. You know, you change is scary. Change brings up very primal emotions in people about fear, about death, um, about entitlement. Um, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty primitive in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think just making the family system aware of that and it's okay, you know, creating um, a space with the right professional support to talk about feelings 
um, I think is a key part of the process. It's not all about shares and handover and legal formalities. In fact, that's the icing on the cake. That's the easy bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. So, but that te- that tends to be the bit that people think is most important is is getting the sort of technical bits right. But yeah. um, I, I, I couldn't agree more that it, it's so much more important to address the emotions. Mm. So, mm. Fantastic. So Joe, thank you very much for your, your time. Where can our audience find out more about you? Yeah, well I'm I'm on um LinkedIn, so Joe McSween. I'm also mm-hmm. on Twitter at Joe McSween. I would say those would be the two main main platforms to contact mm-hmm. me, and um, obviously um, I'll be I'll be talking more about Women's International Day with my um, with my women's my woman ambassador hat on, Women's mm-hmm. Enterprise Scotland ambassador hat on, um, as well. So yeah, I'm delighted to talk and and answer any further questions people have and. If there's uh, particularly women out there, seeing as how this is International Women's Day, that would yeah. would like help with signposting or employers, leaders mm-hmm. who would like signposting on how to get involved in a Vistage peer group, you know, anything like that, um, I'd be only too happy to to help. Fantastic. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll put links to um, the, the various sites and your um Twitter handle, LinkedIn profile, etc., into the show notes. So, Great. if people do want to get in touch, they can just head straight to the show notes, and uh, there'll, there'll be easy ways to to do that. Thank um, you. But once again, uh, thank you very much for your time, uh, and the, the insights been been an incredible um, insights within within that chat. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Russ. I really appreciate being asked. That's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to leave us a review, please feel free to do so on iTunes. If you want to get in touch, you can find out more information at www.fanbizpodcast.com. We'll see you again soon.